Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. Welcome to the show, everyone. It's the Chris O Show on 88.7 The Bay or MuskokaUnlimited.com. Either way, wherever you're listening, we thank you for joining us. Today, I have a wonderful, wonderful man joining me, and uh, he has been a friend to our show, a friend to The Bay, uh, 88.7, a friend to MuskokaUnlimited.com, friend to this show, friend to this show before it was what it is. (laughs) And a friend to our community, Dr. Lowell Greib. And Lowell, thank you for joining. Did I say your last name properly this you time? You hit the nail on the head this time. Yes. I did it this time. I did it, it right. It's only taken a decade, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. It's okay. People who know me 30 years still can't say my last name properly. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> um, so thank you for joining us. Uh, Lowell is with the Sport Lab. He runs the Sport Lab. He founded the Sport Lab. He has um, done so much amazing work with, high-performance athletes, and regular Joes um, in improving their athleticism, their their health, their muscle, uh, fitness, all the whole combined everything. You've done a lot of work with nu- nutrition, everything. Yep. Um, so today I wanted to talk a little bit about where we're at with high-performance athletes. Yep. And, and, you know, especially from, you know, the teenagers up to the ones who are pros. And I know you've worked with a whole array wide array of those uh individuals so talk to us about where things are at from your end and your perspective what are you working on right now yeah so we've um we've actually shifted gears a little bit in the practice which has been pretty exciting um and i mean historically when we first started chatting we were doing a lot of work in injury management and then performance nutrition and the the world of sport has evolved tremendously now there's analytics and wearables and biometrics and um, a whole p- raft of other things that now are included in this kind of grander s- scope of, of medicine. Um, so what we've actually done, um, my team and I have, have shifted a little bit into what is referred to as performance medicine. So mm-hmm. there is kind of the injury side of things, but there's also the injury prevention side of things. And then there is the performance side of things. So yes, we can treat injury and, and, the overt problems, the twisted ankles and the knees that are painful or the lower backs and all that kind of great stuff, whether it be, you know, with myself or with Dr. Cat or our chiropractor, Dr. Adele or our massage therapist, Matt, like whoever it may be, we've got that team of people to help there. Risk mitigation is a different story. And what we can do there now is we can identify movement patterns or lack of movement patterns or asymmetries Mm -hmm. Um, that can cause or feasibly lead to injury. So for instance, if you're a, uh, well, you're a soccer guy, so, you know, you need to be symmetrical right and left, right? Whether you play on the right-hand side of the field or left-hand side, doesn't matter. You have to be able to move symmetrically, right, left, forward, backward in all direction. So through an assessment, what's referred to as a kinematic assessment, now we have the ability to say your movement is restricted in a certain way. Okay. So then it allows us to really hone in and focus our energies to help you mobilize that particular area so that you decrease the risk of injury of that particular area. Gotcha. Right. Um, and then there's the performance end of things. So there's, there's metrics and tools that we can start looking at that can help, you know, address 
you know, how fast is somebody, how fast can people change directions? We've got some really t- cool technologies. You've probably seen these flashing light systems yeah. on the internet. Yeah, I've seen those. So, so we now utilize um, systems that are measure reaction time and speed of reaction time. So um, power output, um, measurement strength, uh, agility. So these are all tools that now can look at the performance of an athlete coupled with that risk mitigation end of things coupled with the injury management. Yes. So that's what's new with us. That's awesome. I like that light thing. I saw there was a commercial with uh with Layla Ann Fernandez where she's yep. doing that light thing and hitting all the lights and stuff with yeah. her hands and stuff. I was like, that's pretty cool. Cause we do that with the cones. Yeah. We do the different colored cones. Yes. And we get the kids and we call out a, a, a color yeah. and we get the kids to touch the right cone. Yeah. And that's helping their speed and their Absolutely. thinking, right? Yeah. Um, the, so, the lights are so awesome. I know. Because you can you can throw distractions in. So yeah. you're like, you can only hit the blue light and then you can set the system so it'll shoot red lights and yellow lights, and but they can only hit the blue. Otherwise, it's a it's a lost point. So that's awesome. it's somewhat gamifying and, yeah. and it measures in, you know, milliseconds. So it's it's very highly accurate in terms of how um, a person is progressing and in, in some of the reaction. That's yeah, awesome. Whether it be hands, feet, combination thereof, all depends on the sport. Yep. That's awesome. Like, look how far things have come from when we were young. Yeah, we'd just be thrown out there and say, go. Go, yeah. go. And and even like when there was stuff to, 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 to get our reaction times up, it was kicking or throwing or whatever, something at us. Yeah. That's exactly. what our reaction was like, don't get hit by this, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Like dodgeball with whatever, it, right? Yeah, yeah. My 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 uh, <laughs> elementary school teacher, like I'll never for, forget him. Noel Fonger was his name. We called him Finger Fonger because we would swear that when he point at us, his finger would actually grow <laughs> because he'd be like, you, and his finger would like shoot out the like Pinocchio. Um, but he had this thing. He was the coach of our volleyball team. Yeah. Speaking of speed and agility, the way we used to learn it. So to learn how to serve, you would be put on the court on one side, volleyball, okay. six people, and everybody else would have a ball and we'd rifle them over the net. And if you hit the net, you'd be over getting ball shot at you, but yeah. you'd have to dodge the balls. Like that's yeah. the whole thing, right? That's the way you learn how to move quickly. So, you know, that, that's the old, I don't think that'd be allowed in the element or in the, uh, in the education system anymore. So rifling volleyballs at each other to see how fast you can move and be accurate with your serves. No, exactly. I don't even think they're allowed to play dodgeball anymore. <laughs> it's like, just like, Oh yeah, no, that would, that would hurt somebody. And someone would get like, somebody would sue the school yeah. back when we were kids. It was like, my parents would be like, listen, if he gets out of line, hit him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't yeah. mess around. It's okay to hit balls at you. It's okay to go outside and yeah. fall on the ice and do exactly. whatever you need to do. Yeah. Right. Now, I think that we're, we need a good balance, but <laughs> we don't need to go back that far. But um, no, but that's wonderful. And I love that, you know, you guys are staying on the cutting edge. You're always improving. You're always looking at what's new. What can we, um, what can we get implement in, in the way we train our athletes and mm-hmm. the way we, you know, uh, give these, these plans to our athletes yeah. to be their, their highest performance, right? To yeah. meet their highest levels. And, and I love that that's what you do now. Is that something that, you know, you're just, you do by yourself where everybody kind of is reading and staying on top of things. How does that work? So it's, it's a combination of really. So I'm somewhat driven as you well know. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so I always like to be kind of on top of what, what is new from an academic perspective, what's new in the literature, what's new in performance. Um, but I've also been very privileged of working with some very accomplished athletes globally. Um, so I can see what their teams are doing and then being able to implement some of those, those things as well. So we can see how, how the world of sport is evolving really at the yeah. top end. Um, I mean, Kyle Nelson, for instance, you know, and what they do at the, the UFCPI um, helps me get insight as to the advances as it relates to mixed martial arts and, yeah. and some of the technologies and tools that they're using to measure their athletes. Or um, I've been through my academics and my teaching post-secondary. I get to work with, with doctors that are, you know, working at an elite level. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned uh, off show that um, one of my students is, is one of the medical team with York FC. Yeah. So then I can have this conversation back and forth, or, um, I've got other students that work in high performance tennis. And so we can start assimilating and sharing ideas mm-hmm. and then bringing it back. Um, the difference being is that they focus in high performance soccer, or high performance tennis. Yeah. I get the privilege of working with all athletes at all levels. So, yeah. you know, we can bring this back to our community in Huntsville in the Muskoka area and really be able to help those athletes kind of take those baby steps at a young age if they're looking to develop Mm -hmm. um, rather than them, you know, taking that big leap into high performance and then getting bowled over with so much thrown at them. It's like, what is all of this? Right. So these little little bits of exposures that we can do along the way is pretty awesome too. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you say that. Like, you know, we do baby steps, like here's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Like, cause you don't, now here's, this is what I was going to ask you. Do you want to, what's like the ideal age, you know, for some of our, our, our young, like rep kids in, in any sport, you yeah. know, and our, our, I guess our higher performance or more dedicated athletes yeah. in any sport, what's the ideal age to start some of this process? Um, yeah. So, I mean, when we're looking at the long-term athlete development program, which is across pretty much all sports, mm-hmm. um, in, in the country, all of the national sporting organizations and provincial sporting organizations have these long-term athlete development models, really where we can start introducing some of this performance piece, right, kind of the train to compete aspects is likely around the 13 ish years, okay. kind of age of, yeah. of puberty. Um, and these kids are starting to come in. Now, are you going to throw all this metrics at them at the front end? No, but you can start evolving them as athletes. And if it's not an uptake piece for them, then so be it. But yeah. if it is, and it helps them grow as an athlete, they're starting to learn through the process as they become, you know, 13, 14, mm-hmm. 15, then going into junior in many sports at 16 yeah. and then evolve from there. Nice. On that note, I have another question for you regarding that. Um, and it's because, you know, obviously everyone knows I'm involved with the soccer club and all the stuff we do and Lola's involved with us and all the stuff we do. So I actually have a question about uh, some of the stuff we can do with that for these kids and something specific parents might be thinking if they're listening or kids might be thinking if they're listening. because I'm starting to force the kids to listen to this show. Uh, so we'll be right back. Chris show, Lola from the Sport Lab talking about high performance athletes and all the good stuff that goes along with it. We'll be right back on 88.7 The Bay or MuskokaUnlimited.com. Either way, thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Shervin from Dairy Lane Dental, and you're listening to Muskoka Magazine. 
And we're back, 88.7 FM, The Bay, or MuskokaUnlimited.com. Thanks for listening to the show. It's the Chris O Show. I have Lowell from the Sport Lab. If you weren't listening to the first half, go back and listen to it because there's lots of good stuff. He's a very funny gentleman and a very knowledgeable gentleman. And he told some jokes for the first time on our show ever. Exactly. <laughs> Normally, it's really serious. For, yeah. Like, let's, let's hammer yeah. home the details. Thanks, I'm all about the details all the time. So yeah. Go back and listen to Finger <laughs> Funger, okay? Exactly. There's some good stuff in there. Now, Lowell. Um, I wanted to ask you about the the process regarding, um, you know, the metrics and measurements that we're looking at, right? Because we talked a little bit off air about, you know, some kids might just have really good awareness, like good court or field or ice awareness, like they have that vision, right? Yep. But they need to work on other aspects, yep. right? And this is the type of stuff that will help them do that. So talk a little bit about that kind of angle, because some parents might say, well, my kid is... Uh, has got great vision, but man, their endurance sucks. Like talk a little bit about how some of these measurements can help with that. Absolutely. So first off, kind of stepping way back in the world of performance medicine, there's there's three tiers that we should be thinking about. One is is foundational medical screening. So we, as organizations, we need to know and make sure that there's not a kid that has an innate problem that could lead to issues. I mean, yeah. we saw this a couple months ago, right, on the on the Buffalo Bills football field, yeah. right? And um, so we want to make sure that these overt things are screened for fundamentally. The next thing we want to look for is how can we reduce and mitigate injury? And I mean, in soccer, we know that we can get these, what are called varus and valgus strains on the knee, uh, which is kind of tipping in or mm-hmm. tipping out. And if you tip in or tip out, rather than keeping that knee straight, you destabilize the knee and then you can run into an injury of the knee and yes. blow an ACL or whatever it is, right? So we can look at these things and measure angles and we can then from a performance perspective suggest that, you know, we screen a team and 50% of the team's got these, this issue, it could be a strength problem. Okay. So we're not even into the performance not domain yet, right? Yet. We're at, let's make sure that people aren't getting broken levels. So again, that, that injury mitigation component of, of performance medicine that we are now practicing as professionals so what we do there then is like, okay, well, we've got these strains. We're seeing this in a, in, a, in a vast majority of this team. The coaching staff should now think about implementing tools to help reduce these strains on the knee so that we reduce the risk of rather than just throwing them out in the field and say, go, mm-hmm. we know it could be a problem. So at the end of the season, when we say, oh, we had four knee injuries. Well, yeah, we could have probably prevented some of them because we knew this was so we're collecting data and information okay. to be able to help decrease the injury. Then we hit the top of the pyramid, which is the fun one everybody likes to talk about, which is the performance, right? Yeah. So we have, um, with, with the ability to measure stuff, we can look at power, we can look at strength, we can look at speed, we can look at change of direction, we can look at reaction times, um, and we can look at it in, in a fixed domain, mm-hmm. right? Um, but we can also look at it right versus left. Gotcha. Right. So in soccer, if you're doing a change of direction to the right, you may be more efficient at doing that mm-hmm. versus change in direction to the left. We can measure that. So then again, we can start segmenting from a coaching perspective, or at least we can provide information to the coaching staff and say, you know, your entire team can't left shift as effectively as they right shift. Gotcha. So when there's a ball turnover and they need to shift left, they could be outrun and outmaneuvered on the field, gotcha. right? Yeah. So let's train them to move left more quickly yes. to match the right. 
right? So rather than putting all the time on the right or time in both, when you know your whole team moves one way. So these metrics now help define how athletes can can be conditioned to improve on a weakness. Like it's actually measuring it versus waiting for something to happen on the field and saying, why can't you ball handle with your left foot very well? Yeah. Right. And it becomes a technical piece then versus it just may be that they're not very good at moving to the left in anything, in anything, basketball, soccer, it doesn't matter. So let's train them to move left. Gotcha. Right. It it could, I like that because it's not about necessarily, they're just not good using that one limb. No. It's about that whole, their whole mindset of being able to do that. Well, it's, it's the combination of movement patterns that yeah. allow them to do that. And yeah. it's not necessarily soccer specific. No, it could be it's, like you said, it's any body sport. movement specific, gotcha. right? Or, you know, you could talk like a, a figure skater, right? That needs to jump. So they could, and jump and spin. Mm-hmm. So they're trained how to rotate quickly and keep their body positioning yeah. so that they can rotate quickly, which is awesome. But if they don't have the power to project themselves into the air, which is a measurable metric, yes, it doesn't matter how tight they are. They gotcha. need to generate the power and the force that's put into the ice to get up. that allows them to jump in the air, right? Or a basketball player. Yes. Well, these are now all metrics that are measurable. So you can measure lower body power, full body power, upper body power. And then you can see how athletes evolve because their numbers should change over time as they mature from a, you know, a young athlete, 13, 14 years old, their lower body power in a figure skater should improve, right? Their total body power as a hockey player should improve. They need ice presence. If it's not, they need to change their training technique to be able to generate more power. More power translates into more energy into the ice, which means they're going to skate faster, jump higher. Same on the pitch, speed, yes. right? Muscle endurance, measurable. Yes. Like they need to run 10K yeah. on 90 minutes. They, they don't always need to be the fastest sprinters, no. but they need, to, they need to have that endurance. Exactly. They need to be able to do it constantly over like a longer period yeah. of time. Yeah. Exactly. 10 minutes left and then all of a sudden SOB. Yes. Or right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. STB, I <laughs> yeah. guess is it is right. You, we can't say what the, what the acronym means on the air, but yeah. you know, it happens so many times. Right. And the team with the endurance, you know, somebody makes a mistake, there's a turnover and down and the field it, and that's it game over. Yeah. Right. So rather than measure, yeah. like just, it's pretty easy. Like the, the world of data now is unbelievable and it's all doable at a performance level. That's awesome. Yeah. I love all this new stuff. Yeah, it's great. I think it's yeah. awesome. Like, I wish we had it when we were kids. I bet you there's a ton of us that that ended up playing higher level, but then not super high level, yeah. um, because we weren't measured and we didn't know what to work on, and so we just did yeah. what worked for us that we were comfortable with. Yeah. Well, and then then there's this domain that we're not, we are not going to talk about today, but I'll put put the seed in, plant the seed is that you know we can talk performance in sport in yeah. and around sport. Yes. But performance really is about what an athlete does in 24 hours, gotcha. right? So this whole model of the 24-hour athlete, you may have a two-hour training domain, but what do you do in the other 22 yes. hours, right? And that, that stress that you have, physical stress, yeah. and maybe some emotional stress if you hate your coach, right? And yeah. you're in your training time, <laughs> yeah. 
But then there's other stressors over the other 22 hours, which are going to start contributing to your performance in the next day when you show up to, you know, practice or a game. Yeah. Poor sleep, poor nutrition, right? What are you physically doing to yourself? Yeah. What are you cognitively doing to help yourself to perform better, recover, regenerate? So we, we talk a lot about what are we refer to as either three R's or four R's. And the first R is resilience, yeah. which is what most people live by. Okay. I go and do my sport and then I go and F the dog for the next 22 hours and don't do anything gotcha. and then show up and I do it again. That's yeah. resilience. You're not doing anything active to actually get better outside of your training time. Gotcha. Okay. Then there's recovery. Okay. So recovery is something in, you're engaged in to actually get better, right? So it might be mobility. It might be stretching. It might be rolling. It might be percussion. It might be you know, a neuromuscular input, it might be cognitive rest, it might be meditation, it might be, you know, sports site components, proper sleep, sleep cycling, like it goes on and on and on. So, I mean, we talk, we can talk about a lot of stuff there, right? And coupled with recovery is regeneration. Yes. So what can we do to actually help get better? Yes whether it be tissue or metabolism or otherwise, so that we're regenerating and then actually becoming better at what mm. we do. And then the last R is, is rehabilitation. So that's the, the recovery and the regeneration is things that you are actively involved in. The um, rehabilitation is somebody is helping you. So that would be me, for instance, bringing somebody into the clinic and teaching them about the tools that they can utilize to enhance their own recovery and regeneration. Gotcha. And then when they take those tools and do it themselves, they're one step further ahead. Gotcha. And those can actually contribute to the resilience of the athlete itself. All of those build together, allow us to adapt. And that's what sport is all about is adaptation mm-hmm. is mitigating stressors, yep. adapting to stressors so that we can become better at what we do. Right. And quite frankly, it's not just sport. No, it's anything. It's anything in life. It's right? anything. How do we adapt better so yeah. that we can become better at what we do? Listen, I'm, I'm almost 46 and I finally started taking my health seriously like a few months ago. <laughs> like literally a few months ago. Like at ago. 6 a.m. this morning when he woke up. No, no, legit, <laughs> legit. So, because I've, I've fluctuated with weight and everything. And that's just because I never took, you know, being healthy seriously. Right. Um, you know, and so I stopped smoking like a long time ago now on an, it's been on and off for a year. I've been fighting like the actual stopping, but I've stopped now and for like six months at this point. And, um, I just been eating healthier. I've been living healthier. Yep. I've been following certain patterns. Like you said about sleep, making sure I'm getting good sleep, Yep. making sure the fuel I put on my body is healthy and good. Yep. Making sure that I'm stretching, um, pre and post my soccer plane or any other workouts that I'm doing. Yep. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm being more focused on when I know I'm emotionally stressed, when I know I'm, uh, getting other stressors from the outside environment, I'm more focused on breathing and meditation. I mean, I'm not a high performance athlete, but I'm just saying in your regular day life, everything that Lowell was telling us can be used, you know, I mean, maybe you're not going to go as far as a high performance athlete, but you can use a lot of these tools. Performance is relative. It's relative to who you are and what you're doing. Exactly. So, you know, the. A 13 year old rep kid that wants to play and, you know, win a local league championship yeah. or whatever, then that's great. That's, that's a performance goal, right? Yeah. They don't need an Olympic medal around their neck or a world to championship to, yeah. to define as, you know, successful in performance. So, um, and that's, that's kind of 
in a nutshell, what we try to do is identify where a person's goals are. That what's that is what defines performance in that person's kind of domain. And then mm-hmm. we work towards that. And then they reframe. It's like, okay, I've achieved that. I want to get better. Awesome. Let's reset goals, improve yeah. your performance, and move forward. That's awesome. That's awesome. On that note, we're out of time. <laughs> but yeah. they, thanks, Lowell, again. You, you're always a great guest. You're always so informative and, and educated. And you teach us all a little something new every single time. Hopefully. I'm try. <laughs> I try. So any high-performance athletes listening or their parents or even just regular athletes who want to get better, uh, the Sport Lab, Dr. Lowell, Cat, everybody there. I know there's lots. I don't want to say all their names. It just gets redundant. <laughs> but just go to the Sport Lab, sportlab.ca. Check them out. They can help you. I know he's helped me with some advice that he doesn't know he's given me over the years. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a great day. Bye for now. Bye.